so my stance on it, just in case you're wondering, since you since you asked, is that. Actually, it, I thought it, your it, wife was on the phone, so you wouldn't be able to respond. It, it, she was. That's why I, I was. I was like fighting for her to hang up. But I know she, and you were getting red in the face. <laughs> You're listening to episode 168 of PHP Ugly. I'm one of the hosts, John Congdon. With me, as always, Eric Van Johnson. Hello, everybody. And Tom Rideout. Hello, Guten Tag. I, I, sh- I should have changed that intro probably a little bit, but you know, it was off the cuff. Could have you been. know, not every not everybody can be as spontaneous as I am doing the intros. But, that's, you know. that's true. But you were surprised; you weren't expecting it. <laughs> sure. So uh, hey, couple what? A uh, couple days we'll we'll all be together, huh? Yeah. Less yeah. Than, less than a week. Less than a week. I'm actually. Working on my presentation as we speak. So, which one? Get really quiet. This, my TDD talk. Ah, oh, yeah. T- so, you, so you you figure you have your event sourcing one pretty much nailed down? I feel way better about that one than the TDD one. So we didn't. So we didn't talk about it last week because you weren't on. But you did. You did give your event sourcing talk at this month's SDP. He was TV. on. I, I, I was on last week. We talked His about audio it. is the one that worked. Yours is the oh, one that didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you were on, John, because I haven't heard the show yet. Sorry about that. Uh, the show, yes. last week's show, hasn't been released for some odd reason. Did we talk about you doing your... Would you events? like to hear the reason? Yes. Let's let's start with that. Start with that reason. Uh, my wife went hiking, and uh, as my wife is wont to do, she's very ambitiously climbing the hill... And managed to break her hand falling. Oh <laughs> my god! Um, <clears throat> the doctors saw it and went, "Oh, that's a very interesting break. We don't see that a lot." That's uh, not good. Here's the here's the phone number for the surgeon, and that's where you're going to go consult next. So, uh, over the last and she's week, obviously in pain at this point. Yeah, well, not right now, actually. She just she got a shot that kills the nerve in her entire right arm. Her dominant arm, by the way. <laughs> and so she is she is uh, quite, quite happy with herself, not being able to feel anything, but also being unable to move her arm at all. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I did surgical consults on Monday. Um, go back in for, or no, I'm sorry, it was, the, it was the doctor on Monday, surgical consult on Tuesday, schedule the surgery for today so it's been this sort of non-stop thing of me how did she sleep this happened sunday right this happened sunday morning yeah how did she, how did she get through sunday actually saturday morning oh god how did she um, get through so the weekend the thing about colorado springs that's really interesting that's very different from san diego is urgent care it's it's almost every street corner has an urgent care uh, style hospital where you can get certain things done and taken care of. So she went in, got a splint put on, and got some uh, very hefty drugs to sway the pain away uh, and just sort of lived with it until she couldn't you know, on Monday. And then Monday we got more medications and got an improved splint and 
that whole process. But I mean, it's just been constant back and forth work. And then of course, you know, it's, it's her dominant hand. So I'm helping her cook and do all the other household stuff that she, so, so she, tri- I mean, what, what happened? She tripped and uh, fell and, and broke her hand trying to, trying to catch herself. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so today she got out of surgery, which was essentially a ten thirty or eleven o'clock ordeal until mm-hmm. six o'clock. Uh, so it's been a very long, busy day. And then, of course, you know, I've got three teenagers, so I can't just sit there in the hospital and do nothing with her. I have to go feed everyone and pick everyone up from school and that whole process. That whole dad thing, yeah. Yeah. The inconvenience. So it's been. Uh, it's been it's been exhausting. So uh, is, is she just like in a big cast right now, or she has this gigantic splint right now that's three times the size of her normal arm, <laughs> um, and she's got that until uh, we reschedule we schedule an appointment for next week, and they look at how the pins in her hand. So they they put pins in her hand. They didn't do. Uh, anything like exploratory they they have an, a live x-ray that they can do while they're putting stuff in so they mm-hmm. basically just push these wires and pins through the hand wow they didn't have to like they didn't have to cut her open for it what yeah it's like they just sort of sewed it in place so that the bones can't move out of position uh, yeah weird. crazy uh. So, <laughs> I want to take my headphones off. I'm cringing at, at all of this. <laughs> Welcome to PHP Ugly, everybody. <laughs> so that's kept me busy. So then I sat down, fully planning on pumping out the uh, the episode today and getting it, you know, out by noon or one, only to find out that Eric's audio was compressing itself and dropping always, anytime he was always silent. my audio and and let's be honest i am like rarely silent i don't i don't understand but always my audio well, i can tell you that editing editing the second half of the podcast is going much faster because you're talking a lot <laughs> uh was it last week first... where, I, where i called you out for not talking for me for me i don't not know talking? yet I, i'll have to let you I'll yeah have to let you know there was an episode recently where you you stayed very quiet for a while, and then I was trying to drag you back into the conversation. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like me. Uh, That's usually yeah. right at the end when he's tired of hearing me. He just mutes himself and takes a nap. <laughs> so, so you're still working on 167. We're going to record 168. We're going to have them both out before the conference next week. Yeah, 167 will be out. Friday morning, Friday the eighteenth. Okay, cool, man. And that'll be that'll be ready to go. I All right, excellent. So, John, so I I don't even remember you being on last week. Did we did we talk about you your event yeah. sourcing talk? Because it yeah. went really well. Yes, we did. Because we, yeah, I think I was complaining about my TDD talk and how horrible I felt that went the month before. We we <laughs> talked about both of them. Okay. All right. Cool. So you're you're, yeah. you're working on your TDD talk, talk now. Yeah. Where I went are you excited? Wrong. You getting nervous? I'm getting there. Mm, not a little bit nervous, but I think that's normal. Uh, yeah. I think where I went wrong on the TDD talk at uh, SDPHP was trying to do a live demo. 
Mm-hmm. So ripping that out, not not even trying that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm hoping I'm gonna. We are, we also have we also had some po- uh, political stuff going on that day too. We were we were go- we we're at a new venue. We we're welcome welcoming a bunch of new people. There were, there was a lot going on nah. for that TDD talk. Nah, nah, yeah, the, it, that was half, not the half, issue at all. Half the meetup tried to impeach Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, it turns out you know, you know, it was a quick pro, pro quo. I admit it. What are you gonna now, now live with it? Deal with it. Yeah, what are you gonna do? That's how that's how that's, user, that's how user groups are ran. Okay, so speaking of user groups, I don't know if you caught wind of this. It's kind of a big deal for John and I, Thomas. But Meetup is testing a new pricing model. Have you seen this? It's testing a new way to lose customers. Yes, I did see this. My God! So if you don't know, if you're part of a Meetup group. If you're part of a user group, chances are they organize their meetings through Meetup. That's just kind of like been the tech thing to do. I I don't think I've seen any tech Meetup that doesn't organize their Meetup through through Meetups. Uh, and you pay for that. Like organizations pay to be on Meetup. So we pay. We actually we actually paid uh, twice. Uh, John John had an account where he had three Meetups. And when we were running um, Laravel for a while, there we we're running uh, Vue.js. We actually got another account, um, so we pay like yearly costs to meetups. Well, Meetup decided, you know what? We don't think we're making enough money off this, and you guys are pulling in some pretty big numbers. So uh, now, every time somebody RSVPs for a meetup, we're going to charge them two bucks. It's like- so you already, as an organizer, had the ability to charge for meetups, but not, my assumption is not enough groups did that. So now they're like, "Well, we're, we're well, gonna charge." Well, I was wondering about that, John, because if you were an organization that was charging for meetups, and you were because you would be getting that money, money. Now meetup comes along and says that they're going to charge people to attend your meetup. It's like, do you just add to your cost or do you just take your cost away? Because I know like in New York City, I guess it's very common to pay for RSVPing at a meetup. And they, they do that for a couple of reasons. I mean, it's New York City, lots of people. They want to make sure people who RSVP actually show up so you know, there's a financial obligation. But I don't know, man. It's like if all of a sudden Meetup decided they're going to start charging, it's just like seems like you could call foul there or something. So my my assumption is, if you're charging say five bucks for them to attend, they're going to take two. You're going to get three. They're they're just they're taking okay. they're taking that, that money, one way or the other, whether it's from the user, or if you opt to cover it, we would end up paying that, which means our costs are going to triple for per year based on our current RSVP list. Right. And the problem is we get RSVPs so, that don't show up. So now we're you're going to pay for people that don't show. Well, I think I think I think that's the point though. The point is, I mean, I made the assumption that they're charging the user. So when you RSVP, they have to pay 2 bucks. No, there's the option. And I think that's the- there's the option of either they char- they pay 
the users that RSVP or us as an organizer can cover that cost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you almost want the user to pay because exactly what you said. You don't want people to RSVP and not show up. Right, but at the the end of the day, you're gonna people are gonna just start showing up, and you're not gonna know numbers. Like, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna go, so I'm not gonna RSVP. and, I'm, and I don't That's want to pay. That's the other thing. So I'll just show it's, it's up. Like, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, you don't have to RSVP. You just, you, you know the time and place, you know? Right. So there's, or, a, there's a couple things. This is, so far Meetup is saying this is a, a trial thing that they're running with a few hundred Meetups around the country. And that if they're going to implement something, they're going to let users know, et cetera, et cetera. But... It brings up the fact that they can just change the terms of service at any point that they want to. Yeah, they. they I think that article said it was starting November first. That's that's the test that they're running with this select group of oh okay meetups. I um, I got very confused. It sounded like it was a, a test, but then it sounded like November first that happened. So I was very confused. No, so they've they've issued a blog post that that tries to clear the air about things. Uh, a little bit, but my theory on this is that this is related to the problem that that WeWork is facing. Are you guys aware of the WeWork acquisition of Meetup? I was say, well, you know, yeah. WeWork owns Meetup. I was I was just telling John about this. WeWork owns Meetup. Yeah. So WeWork, which is a highly embattled company right now they're having a ton of issues uh with financing and problems with ceos and etc etc um and i get the feeling that this is a monetization or a this is a method of bumping the um value proposition for meetup that they're going to test this out and see hey if we sell meetup.com what's it's worth What's its potential? Work? Oh, it's it's totally that. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's definitely one of the the, the things. The article I was I was reading that that's exactly what they t- touch on is uh, the issues they had with their CEO, um, the firing of thousands of employees, of their questionable financial status, and and how they burn through money. I mean, there's there's all sorts of issues. Yeah, so it's not too surprising that they're they're going to try and figure out new methods of monetization, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they never even implemented them because all they care about is the theoretical value of the property, not the actual income of the property. Uh, they're they're already hemorrhaging money in many other places. They don't need to worry about making money off of this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's just, it, it's classic business garbage. And, and, and what's funny is like the meetup, meetup is heavy in, in tech, right? I mean, like there's a lot of tech groups that use meetup. They're not the ones you want to upset because they will make their own solutions. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think every article I've seen so far has a list of other available solutions that already exist. Or got built this weekend. <laughs> oh, you're just gonna go like as an organizer. In my description, I'd say, don't RSVP. Go fill out this Google Sheet or 
Google form that will let me know you're going to be here. Don't pay the $2. We're not going to pay the $2. Like, there's so many ways around it just to stay on Meetup. Yeah. I would save money at that point. I think they're going to drop to like $24 instead of the 180 or $200 we pay now per year. I agree. Whatever. <clears throat> yeah. No, so no. anyways, that's that. Um, you know what I, you know what I learned? I I learned jerk. I hate I hate coding PHP. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to go on. To, John John has actually been pair programming with me, but but we have a, a cl- client that um we have to parse. This, this, this has nothing to do with PHP. We have not a PHP. We have to parse XML, and like having to write PHP without a, like a framework around it and, and like some helpers and stuff, and trying to parse XML, just fucking sucks, man. I mean, it sucks on so many levels. I think that's an XML thing. I think XML sucks. You think it's XML? Well, there's also the fact that, yeah, XML does suck. The fact that there's not a framework doesn't matter as much because the script is so simple. It's not like you're. It's not like if there was Laravel there that something magical would happen for you. Sure. I, yeah. All these it, Stack Overflow the, snippets I could pull out. And and to be fair, the the script you were altering was using simple XML, and they, it was horribly hacked together well before we obtained the code base. And then we got more complicated XML to start parsing, so you really couldn't use their example, yeah. which is what we were trying to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, XML sucks, man. Anyway, X, and XML is still a thing some, sometimes. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't true. understand it. I don't understand why how it's how it's still around and being used, but it is. Well, a lot of big tech companies pushed it as the great new thing. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. It was the solution, right? I mean, it was it was how all the systems were going to talk to each other. It's such a yeah. pain in the ass to to parse and to write and. Especially if JSON, you want to parse JSON's it. sounds much nicer. Especially if you want to parse it correctly. Me, I, I just hack it apart and get what I need out of it. But if you want to do it right, it's not that easy. And, and let the record show, uh, Congdon is a parsing maniac. That guy can parse anything. I'm a. I, I grew up in Pearl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. I mean, I forgot you're 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 a pearl person. My my initial uh, web applications that I worked on were were written in Pearl CGI. So I was a <laughs> Pearl developer well before PHP. You know how you make a Pearl developer? Cry. Yeah. It's the same way as you make a Pearl. It's just decades of of agitation and irritation. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you do you ever miss Pearl, John? No, not at all. Once once I switched no. to to PHP, I never really looked back. I think while I was still at that company, I did occasionally, you know, to figure out what was missing or or do something. But I I haven't touched Pearl in geez, 15, 20 years. I'm sure Pearl's happy about that too. <laughs> yeah, you know it's changed. 
nothing. <laughs> Still on the same version. No, I, I I just don't have any any use for it. Did you guys see? Hey uh, Thomas, go ahead, John. I was gonna say, did did you see that I caused a little commotion on Twitter earlier this week? Oh, you absolutely killed it on Twitter. <laughs> no, I missed that, John. What did you do? <laughs> did you did you a, really a, miss it? Uh, no, he didn't. No, I didn't. Miss it. Miss okay. It. I'm a jerk. Oh my I'm a god. Jerk. No, that was such a high quality burn. What? No, I don't. Okay, I got got to be honest. I don't. I don't know what initiated. What, what initiated that tweet? And, and you do know he he's gonna he's gonna tell her, tell her Otwell. So maybe we should maybe we should talk. What's, what's, about what's he what gonna do? Happen. Is he gonna walk up to me and punch me or something? Am I should I be scared? No, but he may, he may take the blessing of Laravel off you. You don't know, John. The guy's got powers. Uh, okay. So 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 John John sent a tweet. Go ahead. What did your tweet say, John? I don't even remember now. So oh. it, it all started. Oh. It all started oh. with Taylor saying, I "saying I understand how Semver, uh, I understand how Semver causes a lot of issues for people, but hey, that's what you asked for." Yeah, that's what and, that's what these people asked for. Is, almost like and that's putting us down. Is that, is that what he was, is? Is that really what he said? Yes. Yeah, that is almost verbatim. Okay. Um, he basically went on a rant about how he never wanted to do this anyways, and that all of the people who are bitching about it are the people who asked for it in the first place, and that this is just the way it is now. Um, okay, so I want I want I want to put a stake in the ground right there. The all we were like the biggest people asking for it. I don't know who else was asking for it, but I don't know who's complaining about. Like, I'm not aware of any prominent developers out there who were asking for it, who are now complaining are, about it. There are a lot who are now because, complaining about it. Right, because he, what he had done is he came out and said, in six months, every six months. You're getting a version bump. So, so from let me, six to seven let, to eight to nine. Yeah, let's let's say here's Taylor tweeted out. Friendly reminder: people kept asking for semantic versioning. Laravel does that now. That means every six months we we make a major release. We increase the big version number. So first of all, that wording of the big version number, <laughs> I took like I took that to be like an insult. Somebody said I personally think that devalues the releases, but hey ho, it's only a number. And Taylor said I agree, but what do I do now? Oh. Okay, mistype. Uh, this is what people wanted. So, he... I took it very personally. The, the core issue is that he doesn't understand how Semver works. Okay, so first first off, I, ha I have to say, when I read your tweet, John, I was not aware of those tweets. So I, I was... I oh, kept really? meaning to ask you what had initiated your tweet... I didn't realize that conversation had going on. So, okay, so now I got so, a little bit so more frame when, of reference. Right. So when I when I read that and I was like just pissy cuz I felt like he was pissing on the people that wanted Simber and want Simber to be done properly, not just numbers thrown out there. I went I knew he was going to be at PHP World, so I went and looked to see if there was by chance a Simber talk cuz sometimes there are at PHP conferences. There isn't, so I said, too bad PHP World doesn't have a Simber talk that Taylor Outwell could attend this year. And then I went on to say, you don't have to do a major release, blah, blah, blah. 
and that just that started the ball rolling. I did end up in my in the thread. I did apologize to him because I kind of jumped the gun and that was no because he publicly. doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. That's the thing that's killing me is that he Come on, doesn't. I've already apologized. Get the, I am not fucking apologizing. I, our episode from last week, we talked about this at length about hmm. why he's doing it the wrong way and how that screws everybody. And then this week he came out to basically say, well, screw you. I'm doing it the wrong way on purpose now, which is not fucking helpful. Right. And no. it's a one page. The Semver documentation is one page. And if he goes and looks a little bit at how Symphony is, re- is doing revision control on all of its component libraries and how it should be done, he would understand how it's a big thing that people wanted for that reason, not for the reason that we want him to change how he numbers things just randomly. We want him to change things so that Composer can recognize what is and isn't old, what does and doesn't work, and, and help everyone out. And it, it seems like he thinks everyone was asking for this just to be an asshole. That's fair. And I don't understand it. And, and, and your, your snarky remark, which is maybe he should take a fucking class on how Semver works, was replied to by him with a snarky remark, oh man, I totally didn't know how it works. Thank you so much. It, his, it snarky, <laughs> his snarky bullshit is getting us nowhere in the proper way to do things. And mm. as someone who maintains packages for Laravel, his bullshit fights with people over not understanding simple things are just creating more problems. For it's us. odd because, I get, yeah. again, I talked to him, I talked to him at Laracon, and at that time, he... he very much had the uh, attitude of, well, I'm not going to change how I'm releasing things. I'm just going to number it according to December now. And I, I was like, yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, and we talked about it. We we said, you know, that this this obsession he has with doing a major release every six months is like there's not a need for it in Laravel anymore. It's like just. You know, come up with a don't don't target six months for another major revision. You don't need to do that. You know, let some features build up and then do a major re- revision. If that's a year later, if that's two years later, whatever. You don't have to do a major release every six months. Uh, yeah, or major or the major release is in right. your libraries. So if my library doesn't depend on a broken backwards compatibility mm-hmm. then i don't so have I'm surprised to, to hear it. there's still this 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 starkiness going on around Simver, and i'm i'm disappointed to hear that yeah taylor's still harboring some attitude about it but i agree with you thomas i mean you're right you there is a reason people have Simver in place there are benefits to it please do it correctly take a moment it's not it's not that difficult take a moment learn right. how it's done and let's 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 call this one a since the seventies. This is a resolved issue. Yeah. Why are we reinventing the fucking wheel? So didn't didn't the he take all of the packages, not just the core library, but all of them to make them all six dot. Right. And so if they, you they pull don't up, all, they don't all need to follow the same version number. If you pull up Illuminate translations on GitHub you can see the tags, the tagged releases. And... <laughs> oh, fucking kidding 
<clears throat> well, well, see, I, I, I think that's one of the... So I think you kind of... You touched on one of the concerns with the, the community is everybody realized when he went from... When he released 6, because he, he said he was just releasing that... It didn't really need to be released, but he wanted to get on Simver, and he thought doing a 6-0 release was just kind of a good starting totally, point totally for Simver. So when he... When when he did that, people noticed that hey, a lot of these packages are breaking on six because they have Laravel dependencies of five eight or below, and they they, or, they won't. Well, they actually, won't, five. Uh, they have install. dependencies on five, which is the way. Which is okay. The way yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're working. right. Five. So it, what what happened? Right. What happened? Ex- was exactly. Totally correct. Those packages were supposed to break because he was creating a delineating line. But. Right, but the concern that then is then he comes out and says, "Well, we're doing major re- re- revisions, releases every six months." Then people are like, "Well, all these package maintainers aren't going to keep up with you," and that's I think that's part of their concern is that you know, they're not going to keep up with their package requirements of making sure that it runs on the latest, greatest layer. Right, and you're just going to end up with packages that say dev master and have no ability to control support backwards. If, if you're not going to... Mm-hmm. If you're not going to break backwards compatibility, there's no need to increase. But it feels like it's only being done for a marketing ploy. Which he can still... This is my can point. still do that with the framework. As long as the libraries, the Illuminate libraries that are the core components of the framework, don't get the revisions. But see, the, see the the the, the package maintainers aren't the third party package maintainers aren't looking at the, the third right third party third party package maintainers. They're just doing Laravel dependencies. No, 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 they're no. Not, they're not doing all of the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Packages, I'm telling you, that's all the, the problem. I've looked into their requirements are very definitely only on the component not not the ones not the ones i looked at though the ones i had problems with when i upgraded to six it, all of them included just the laravel the laravel 5 including the permissions library that i updated for for the nova package and again if if there's no if, if there's no backwards breaking change which you really shouldn't be doing a major release if there isn't uh, you know, it's all you have to do is up, update your compo- your your composer file, but yeah, I, I I just don't I don't know, man. I'm so torn on the issue because it's like Taylor seems to have this this goal of making sure that Laravel continues to move forward and continues to do major releases now every year because he wants to follow Simver. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like it doesn't seem necessary, but th- then you have the thousands of, pa- of of third-party package maintainers out there that need to have some sort of commitment to keep up with it. And if it is a major revision, so so the so the jump from five to was a little different, right? Like I said, uh, Taylor just decided to start with six, which made sense because, like I said, he wanted a fresh number to start Simver. So there there really weren't any backwards breaking changes between 5 and 6 or 5 8 and 6 by that time but there was no big backwards breaking change there 6 to 7 there should be there should be a major backwards breaking change there 
in which case these package maintainers can't just go in and update their composer file. They are going to have to go in and do some testing. Yeah, and when you say thousands, the actual number for packagist packages is 20,000 that are tagged for Laravel. I mean, that's an insane number, right? Yeah. And that's, that's 20,000 people who have to update a line in Composer every six months. No, but it's not, it, it, it shouldn't be a line in Composer. It should be backwards right. breaking changes. Right. So every six months, they should have to, and which they should have been having to do anyways, because he's releasing, the code he's releasing isn't changing. So what he's saying is every six months, he was releasing backwards j breaking changes, right? I mean, that's basically what he's saying. He 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 was already doing this. So those those composers, those maintainers, no extra work is being put on them. It's work they should have already been doing. Now that work should be simpler for them because it's very clear now that there's a backwards breaking change because the the major revision has jumped. But yeah. but it doesn't always have a backwards breaking change. If if you're doing it every six months, it doesn't mean there's going to be a BC change. But again, I mean that's not even the point. For for yeah. stuff like for stuff like drivers, database drivers, or uh, scout drivers, that stuff is all dependent on Illuminate database, Illuminate support. You know the the big packages from companies that don't respond quickly. Are, are written correctly, and they're expecting Semver to be followed. Yeah, if, if the sub-package for Laravel, one of the Illuminate ones, doesn't have a BC change, there's no reason for it to jump to 7 in 6 months. Right, and that's the way every other framework I've seen operates. There's somebody that replied saying something to the effect that, well, Taylor can't test every use case that your application is going to go through, and I started to respond on Twitter and I was like, you know, I just need to let this die. But he's not my TDD talk is on October 24th. <laughs> Taylor's not testing my application. He's testing his public interfaces. If he says that this interface or this method is supposed to do X, he's testing that it does that. Right. Input he's, values, I'm, return right. values. If they're the I'm, same, then they're the same. They're, it's not a BC change at that point. And right. It was the way the tweet came across of he can't test my application. I'm like, that's not the way it's supposed to work. That's not yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's you could just yeah. say, oh, I can't test your application, but I can damn sure know when it breaks or doesn't break just looking at the change log. Yeah. So uh, it's just, it's so frustrating. And the attitude part of it is is really the, the frustrating thing for me because we've had conflict with Taylor in the past and we've talked very openly about how his attitude very negatively impacts the community um, and and really the reliability of Laravel as a framework. The attitude is just, it makes you as a corporation, as a company, look at Laravel and go, Jesus, I mean if he's just really a dick about this, then I don't know how the framework is going to look next year. And yeah. and the fact that that hasn't changed at all is just frustrating to me. Because it's right. yeah that his his rant was very snarky and very this is all your fault but I'm doing it anyways. So. 
There you have it. Yep. That's me me bitching about Laravel for this week. How'd we get on that? <laughs> I don't know. Eric, you were trying to take us somewhere else. We can uh, stop this. <laughs> well, yeah. I have I have some reverse doom and gloom. I have some happy sunshine uh, what? news. Oh, um, the show must be over then, huh? Okay, let's hang up. California has issued a ban on all facial recognition software in police body cams for the next three years. And many cities in California, in California are starting to take the same mantle, specifically outlawing facial recognition. Um, and I think this is a really good step forward. People are starting to pay attention to how bad facial recognition tech is and how negatively it gets used by governments. Um, the best example of how bad it is that I heard was, imagine if instead of a five-person lineup at a police station, there was now a million-person lineup, and the failure rate on positive, or uh, the, the, what, what would it be called, the false positives. The false positive rate is one in every 10,000. So that means that because you're in the lineup, there's now a chance that you'll get false positive for a crime you didn't commit just because of the failure rates that are inherent in the system. And would you trust to be in every single police lineup if you knew that there was a chance that every other day you would get accused of a crime and have to defend yourself from it? Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that argument going both ways. And it's one of those things, it's like, it, it's it's hard to figure out how that system is supposed to get better uh, if if you know we we start banning its use, I I understand the freedom piece of it, and but you know, there's always the argument of hey, facial recognition could stop one murder, could stop one kid from being molested. You know, wouldn't we use it? Wouldn't wouldn't that make it worth it? it it's tough, you know. It's a tough call. I I say the answer right there is just no. I mean, if if facial recognition prevents one person's murder but sends ten people to prison well nobody said i mean that, that's that's not what i'm saying that's not but the point it's you know it's yeah but and then the, for every negative of, there's a positive right sure um, and but outside of the inherent issues with facial recognitions you know positive or negative uh success rates there's also the issue of abuse by the government that's the and big thing. So, 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 my stance on it, just in case you're wondering, since you since you asked, is that actually it, I thought it, your wife was on the phone, so you wouldn't be able to respond. It, <laughs> she was. That's why I, I was I was like fighting for her to hang up. And I know she, and you were getting red in the face. <laughs> uh, but you know, my whole thing is, is yes. You know, my biggest concern is government abuse of it. If we're going to use it, we need to be completely transparent with its use, and you know, like outside parties need to be able be able to come in and confirm how law enforcement's using it, if they're using it correctly. I mean, this this should become a duty of you know every city council out there and every every you know public uh, uh, safety group out there who who you know 
today they're always doing these uh, requests for public records. You know, you have these people out there who are always requesting public records to make sure the 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 government's doing things correctly. That would be my only thing. Is that I I I think that this technology, as it gets better, will only get stronger and will only. I mean, we'll only get more accurate. We'll only become better at what it's doing. But I definitely think that there's the freedom piece of it and that we need to have complete transparency with how it's being used, when it's being used, who can use it, and how they can use it. Yeah, and I, I, to me, the issue is just that we never, we're never going to get that. It's always going to be... It's always going to be completely invisible to us. We're not going to be able to even know who to ask if they're using it. Um, and like all things, as the system gets smarter, the criminals will get smarter with it. Uh, you know, everyone in Hong Kong is wearing masks right now because they're trying to de defend themselves against a totalitarian. That's government. the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, and, it's a, know, it's an arms race. It'll always be an arms race. There's, uh, I've been considering wearing some facial recognition, defeating makeup at, uh, PHP world. I thought that's what that beard was because... It's... No, it's actually that's very identifiable, unfortunately. Oh, and, and, and because uh, my wife was on the phone at the time, when we do get to PHP World, and you know, if if I'm around Taylor, I just act like I don't know you. <laughs> yes, I don't know the giant, gigantic I, I, man in the room. You don't think that's going to work that at conferences anyway? Well, <laughs> he does I actually. I got myself a little something. He does. <laughs> Like, I, I, I got myself a little something for PHP World. Last year at PHP World, I'm I'm sitting there eating eating lunch by myself at a table all alone, and, and John's over there with like all these people he works with. I'm like, yeah, no, don't invite me over. I'm fine. Don't worry. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got, Thomas? Oh, is that a switch? Yeah, I got myself. I finally Tell caved. You. I, I ran into a little bit of extra money. We need some switches. And uh, bought myself a Nintendo How, Switch. How does this work? You can, like, you can like broadcast it to a television, right? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. You, you plug it into a docking station, and it, and it will instantly switch over from the handheld mode to the TV ah. mode. I may need to... We might, we might need to get a couple of those for uh, the plane ride. Right, exactly. It's real nice. <laughs> I like how you think. It's really nice. Although, if we uh, go into you need to get them quick. True. They have an online service now that uh, it costs twenty dollars a year, and you uh, get a good it. number. You get a good number of uh, Super Nintendo and Nintendo games mm -hmm. from it, uh, and uh, you get Tetris ninety nine, which is a competitive multiplayer Tetris where you play against ninety nine <laughs> other people. What? I don't play video games. I, I watch. I it's watch pretty, other people play video it's pretty games. Awesome. I don't. I don't play them myself. Uh, it's also got Rocket League. But I don't know what that is. Is that a is that a video game? Yeah, it's, it's I, an esports thing. Th does it does it play well in there? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a nice little system. Well, I mean, it's a gaming system, right? So all those games play play better theoretically. Play better on. Switches, PlayStations, Xbox. Well, the PC is the superior platform, okay. of course. But but everything. I'm sorry, is vetted we're in the, we're, we're in the world of Mac, so, so everything plays better not, than on a Mac. <laughs> so a video game is a thing where you 
play an imaginary <laughs> character, and there's usually like a protagonist antagonist situation. You are, you are although an there antagonist. are some sports titles. Hey, did you see uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, rewrote Facebook's history today? You didn't see this, Zucklebutt. So he that gave one. a he he gave a he gave yeah, a speech about? today, or, or, or um, I, don't, I don't even know what it was all about. Uh, but he he was giving a speech. And he was talking about the reasons why Facebook was founded. Now we've all seen the movie, right? You you, you saw the movie, the Facebook movie. Do do you guys remember yeah. why Facebook was founded? Yeah, according to the movie, right? Uh, it was it was girls. a hookup app for college students, right? That that is pretty much undisputable yeah. undisputable yeah. why Facebook was created. Nope. Today in his speech on freedom, he was explaining how Facebook was founded to give people in Iran a voice during protesting. And that's why the platform was developed. Where were for political people who needed to, uh, a platform to voice themselves Without the constraints of their government. Do you, do you think he really meant it as in this is why it was founded originally, or it's one of the core values now of Facebook? Like this is a reason that keeps going. I watched it. He was like he he never mentioned dating. Put <laughs> like that when he was talking about it. I mean, he's all. No, but he does mention that he does mention the fifth estate, which is just a clown thing to bring up. God. So this really, and it gets way more interesting than this. Here, I'm gonna, I'll share, we'll share the uh, article in, in the show notes. But he's positioning the whole narrative why. He's not. He's not going to filter campaign ads, and he's not going. Basically, he's not going to change anything he's doing, despite all the criticism he got around Russia manipulating Facebook for the last election. Um, he started this whole kind of narrative of how Facebook is is this right this free speech platform. And that's what it's designed for, and that's how it's being used today. And they're making—he's making decisions now of, of not filtering out kids and and some other things that are being suggested to help prevent this manipulation in the future. I well, you saw what? Go ahead. Good. You saw what Elizabeth Warren did, right? I heard something about this. Like he, she posted a fake ad of. Uh, Mark, uh, Facebook supporting Trump or something? I didn't so, completely follow. Zuckerberg Zuckerberg uh, came out and said, let me get the exact quotes here. Uh, he said, people worry, and I worry deeply too, about an erosion of truth. At the same time, I don't think people want to live in a world where you can only say things that tech companies decide are 100% true. That was his response to not taking down campaign advertisements that were provably false. So Elizabeth Warren launched a campaign on Facebook that was provably false about Mark Zuckerberg. Just to see what would happen. And basically, they couldn't take it down. It says things that are 
blatantly untrue that associate Zuckerberg with uh, Trump and other things he doesn't want to be associated with um, and pointed to it and said, anyone can pay for anything, whether it's true or not. This isn't an issue of free speech. This is an issue of intentional misrepresentation of facts being promoted for the sake of making money. And she's not wrong. I mean, it, like I said, this, this, thing about, this thing about calling Facebook a member of the Fifth Estate is such horse crap. Uh, the Fifth Estate has its own system of balances and checks and integrity and morals. Facebook is not a part of that. Facebook is a for-profit machine that is trying to turn out as much money as possible. And Mark Zuckerberg is starting to communicate with the Republican Party because he knows that the Republican Party doesn't want to file antitrust against him, and the Democrats do. And it's just... It's such a it's such a mess of crap to defend white nationalist propaganda on your platform. Crazy. Uh, you know, and he has said in the past that there's there's not enough money or people or time to filter through every single thing. And I mean that's crap too. Uh if I upload a picture, it tries to auto tag me and everyone else in the picture because they have an algorithm that can do that. They can't do that with text. They can't do that with advertisements. They can't say that the claim in this advertisement has been proven false and therefore can't be published in any other advertisements either. You know, Snopes does a pretty good job of it yeah, and they I handle agree. the whole internet, not just <laughs> Facebook. And Snopes, Snopes ain't making money. Facebook's making money hand over fist. They can hire more people. They can say something that's demonstrably not true is not allowed to be a paid advertisement, or it can be flagged with something that says, "Here's you know this isn't true. Here's a link to the information about the actual issue." That's just not happening, and it's creating these tight knit circles of mm -hmm. incommunication that doesn't. I mean, it's creating anti-vax people. That's a crisis entirely on its own. And there are Facebook groups that are dedicated to anti-vax people <laughs> communicating with each other. And I swear to God, if we got rid of them, these moms wouldn't know where to go. And it would just stop. I've actually it, been it finding, finding myself going to Snopes quite a bit lately. As, as I see people sharing stuff, even if I agree with it, before I just reshare it, I've been wanting to fact check it. Because Absolutely. I don't want to just keep yeah. spreading stuff just because it, I... It's something that I agree with. Yeah, absolutely. And I've every time I've brought up Snopes with somebody who's posted something that I knew wasn't true, they've been very gracious about it. But that's <laughs> you're only, lucky. That, that's, that's not only, my, yeah, my findings. That's only because I bring it up with people I know will be gracious about it. But I, I, most people, I just don't bring it up at all that they're not correct because... People react poorly to being corrected. Yeah, that's been my experience with family. Like, you're sharing stuff that's not true. Here's information, and yeah, it doesn't fly over very well. Well, it's like it's like being a scammer and telling them that you scammed them after you did it. People get emotionally attached to their opinions, and they want to believe these things. And when they find out that they're 
not true, then it, it's an emotional blow to them. I get the, I don't care if it's false. I, I, I have faith that it's true or, you know, right. some, <laughs> some crap like that, or I believe it's true. It's like, but I just showed you it's not. How do you believe it's true? It just is. I'm like, I just want to scream and unfriend. I was, I was very excited to find that my son had a paper due on logical fallacies. <laughs> and I think that, man, I wish I could get everyone on the internet to understand just the collection of logical, like the 12 or 13 of them there are. Just read them and understand why they're used in the way that they're used. Because, God, Facebook is a cesspool. <laughs> Twitter's getting better, though. Twitter's just fun lately. I don't understand how, how why is that? some people have time to tweet so much. But, yeah. yeah, why? Are you following certain people now, Thomas? I've trimmed out some of the people that I follow, and I've started following other other people. I've started using the app on my phone more instead of just this crappy plugin that I have for Chrome. Mm. Yeah. I, I tell you, it, it really makes a difference to go through your, your, your timeline and clean up who you're following. Uh, and kind of curate your list about once a year. Yeah. It's hard because I follow a lot of PHP people and I don't want to stop following them. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I definitely don't use Twitter as often as I should. I'll get on there for, you know, a day or two out of the year <laughs> in total. I found, I found using, um, I use TweetDeck a lot more because I can set up. Oh my god, what a mess that is. Really? Why do you say that? It's, it's a wall of text. It is, but it allows me to set up lists. Like, I have, I have, you know, my PHP handles I follow, my Laravel handles I follow, my VIP handles that I follow that, you know, I don't want to miss. I even have a list of all the Diego Dev uh, people who, who work with us at Diego Dev and our clients... I have a list where I follow their handles so that I can see what's, you know, what's being talked about in our very, you know, general circle. So, so I, I, I don't know. I, I find myself looking at my list more than I do my my fire hose. Just like the the, the constant stream of everything that comes in. I, I have a tendency to look at my PHP, Laravel, and VIP lists the most. And then, then sometimes I'll I'll wander off into other other areas. Yeah, I like Twitter. I like I, I've been following more comedians on Twitter. All right, Yankees lost. <gasps> Do you guys care? You guys don't, you guys don't like baseball. Uh, your wife cares apparently. You heard that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Audible, audible gasp picked audible. up on the mic. Well, as a big, you know, we're very excited that the Nationals. See, I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. Because once the universe knows that I'm rooting for the Nationals, all shit's gonna hit the fan. But we're very excited that the Nationals are in the World Series. Not only are they in the World Series, but we're going to be in the area. During the series, guys, I'm just going to put that out there. We're in Virginia. The Nationals are right there. But whatever. The uh, the uh, the Astros. Are they and playing are while playing. we're there? Uh, I think I think we figured out they're playing like Friday, like the day we leave is when they actually come into town. Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, so Astros are up 3-1 over the Yanks, which I have to say I'm pretty surprised. I thought for sure the Yankees were going to walk all over Houston this year, but, yeah, that's a big deal. Figure out who the Nationals are going to This has been episode 168 of PHP Ugly. I'm John Congdon. (laughs) I do. I have... Hello? I have some delightful news. Okay. Uh, The... The second most popular topic on the PHP subreddit this week is what PHP-related podcasts would you guys recommend? Oh, don't tell me we made the list. Mm, nope, we did not. We are we are second on the list oh, from the bottom. Shit! Someone took first place by listing off uh, one, two, three, four, seven different podcasts. Okay. But, but a very special, a very special person by the name of Buttery Crumpets what? took second Aww. place. Get out of here! Took second place decided to give us uh, a little bit of attention and and got eight eight upvotes. Wait, and, w- uh, this was on this was on the PHP sub uh, subreddit. Yep, and it's I'm not seeing it. You got a link? Can you share a link in the they show say, notes? They about? say we are a bunch of great guys in a super fun podcast. They even occasionally talk Ooh. about PHP. <laughs> what? We need to. We we definitely need to send that guy some swag. Good question. And you know what? I have to say we've been doing it a lot less drunk lately as well. So uh, the quality has gone something. down. You are right. <laughs> we should probably. <laughs> Uh, I don't see. Did you did you share a link, man? I want to see this. Yeah, stuff. I threw it in the. I threw it in the. Uh, my, the I, wrong think, place. I think my last drunk podcast was at uh, Tech. I can't even tell you last time. I mean, I've had uh, I, I've had I've had scotch a couple times, but and I even have my scotch sitting here. I'm not drinking it, which is uh, I don't know why that is. Look at that. Oh, look at these guys. So, yeah, Roundtable, which is, yeah, no new episodes for a while. These are all pretty, yeah, these are all pretty standard here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not seeing our, there we are. Very buttery, he's very buttery crumpet. Uh, so huge that. thank you. Thank you to Buttery Crumpet. Uh, thank you to all of our oh. Patreons. Did you see, did you see the one underneath that, John? I haven't, I haven't seen the thing. I'm going there now. Eric and John also host the PHP Architect podcast for me. Oscar posted that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good having friends, apparently. <laughs> so cool. And uh, actually, now would probably be a good time to to thank our Patreons. Um, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> we actually got some feedback. Uh, for those who who care to, to know, um, one of the things that was asked is if John and I would start doing some like internal running a PHP business sort of talk, you know, just like casual interview each other sort of but thing just for free. The, two, well, two for patrons. the Patreons. Oh, yeah. So it would just be a Patreon thing. We post we'd post it to to Patreon. So John and I are going to talk about it. I mean, you know, we're going to do something 
we're probably going to talk about it while we're at a PHP World and figure out, you know, how we want to do it. But yeah, um, it was nice to get. And I think we even picked up a new Patreon. 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 Picked up a new person on our Patreon. Yeah. Um, so I think we're up to 18 or 19 now. I did a, I did a tweet and we were at 18. I don't know if that included the, the new person or not. So I haven't yet them added to our list yet but yeah so so basically we're putting out there if you have questions for us about running a business let us know because we're gonna we'll put something together soon yeah yeah hit us up in discord or t just tweet at us like like i said we might not respond because we'll save it for year for the for the post but yeah let us know and we'll we'll get something together what do you do if you offer someone a, a sweetheart deal and they use that to leverage their current employer into a raise? We'll save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save it for the we, 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 make, make, it, make a note of that one. We, we want to bring that one up. <laughs> I just tell you, that person is dead to us. That's the way it is. Oh, damn. <laughs> All right. I think this is a good time to wrap it up. What do you guys think? Has it been I, I feel like I it's been I think so. Anywhere. Alright, it's good. Should be a pretty easy one to edit. You gonna you gonna take this one, Thomas? I will take it this weekend, yes. Uh, you're the man, brother. Alright, well, in that case, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week at PHP World. When do you when do you fly in? Uh good question. Uh the day before the Tuesday. I believe I, I believe I arrive there at uh three ish. Okay, uh, I'll have to right. I'll have to figure that out. It's now is Tuesday the yeah. training day. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I fly in on the training day. Yeah. Um, and I think we're I the same out, way. I think I fly out on Saturday. Yes. Yeah, so I'll, oh, so cool. You're. Yeah, I might yeah. get an extra, some tour time. Hit the IBM I day. We'll see. Fun. No, that would be the NPR thing you'd be able to do. IBM I day is uh, on Friday. Monday. Oh, I thought I thought NPR was on Friday. Uh, doo -doo -doo, let's check the sketch. What, what's our What's our plans, Tom, uh, John? We We get in Tuesday. I want to say early afternoon, and we fly yeah. out early Friday. Yeah, so Friday is the IBM I day. Oh, okay. I thought that was the uh, NPR meet and greet. Might I be the same don't... day. Yeah, I'm not sure if that one's happening this year, actually. It, it definitely is, because they, they mentioned it, and I've mentioned it, and we talked about it on PHP Architect. Okay, well, yeah, I think I'm flying out on Saturday, so... Cool, man. Day after you guys. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Right. I'm happy. Uh, well, well, John's going to be bailing on us Tuesday. Maybe you and I can grab some dinner Tuesday. Absolutely. He's, uh he's got his speaker dinner thing to go to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's uh, a big wig there, man. So, what did I say? Real fancy pants. Are, 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 your, are, your, are your other people showing up, John? Yeah, there's going to be a, a group, and they're planning a dinner Thursday night. So, so, so you and I aren't going to have dinner while we're there. Is that what you're telling me? So what pretty is? much normal. Pretty much. You, won't, you, you, you don't want to listen. You don't want to listen to me talk about food anyway. It'll just, just be me and Eric. I, I do I have a nice... To, I, used to love, I, I used to love going out and eating with you. It's a I, different world now. I we can hit up Smash I, Tofu. Well, I've got, I've got a nice... 
<laughs> five hour. I have a five hour plane ride with you on Tuesday to, you know, get you to change your ways. Yeah, did you get those noise oh, canceling headphones? <laughs> better you better get a switch uh, uh, John, John already John already pre-ordered my meals for me they're all vegan <laughs> if you didn't if you didn't know vegans emit a low hum that actually does get picked up on uh, noise canceling headphones it's very nice <laughs> Cross, crossfit too we love you John right. we we're just teasing uh-huh he knows we're that. glad you're alive uh-huh <laughs> that's, that's kind of an important part yeah Okay, that's it. I think we're done. Episode 168 in the can. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep, Keep it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly.